The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome to Key. This is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. My fellow Americans, welcome to Wednesday. Gary, how are you? I will provide you with everything. You will never have to worry again. Everything will be provided for you. You will be able to sleep every night not worried about any type of economic challenges. Everything will be taken care of. Your food, your water, your housing, your transportation, your entertainment. Everything will be provided for you. Do not worry anymore. Is this some weird radio contest? Because that's a pretty big prize you're offering. <laughs> my uh, overview of the analysis of the State of the Union address. <laughs> Here, my, here's my favorite part. All right. This is this was my favorite part. Oh, okay. Uh, here we go. All right. Because right. <laughs> right. it just came out of nowhere. All right. It just, it just came out of Here we go. Name me a world leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. Name me one. What the hell did that mean? That just, just got thrown in there. It's like, what are you talking about? What? <laughs> what? Name me a world leader who changed places with the, with Xi Xi. What? <laughs> Xi Jinping. Name so, me so, one. So name me one. It's like I, so. <laughs> that's that's the point you're going to make on China. Yes, I mean. I, I have, I, like, I had to go over that like three or four times going, oh, it's just, it's just babble. That one. <laughs> just Fight me. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you know you want to. Come on. <laughs> wow. All right. Very quickly. I just, uh, I've, I've been uh, just, just reading it, reading a ton of stuff is uh -huh. now I wake up at, I woke up 10 o'clock. My normal, I'm back to, you know, normal now because uh, I'm feeling better. Uh, so I slept till 10 o'clock and then, uh, you know, turned on the state, the state of the, you asked me how long it was. I just went too long. Uh, I, uh, I got up at 10, you know, jumped in the shower and everything else. And as I'm throwing on my clothes and yes, putting on my deodorant, I want to make that clear. As I'm, uh, you know, and I've just, I grab my phone, I go to YouTube and I start playing the State of the Union. Uh -huh. So there I am. It's, 
get ready, everything else, you know, grab, grab the, grab the snack, you know, throw, throw down a huge glass of water as I always do, you know, and it's playing on my phone the whole time. Walk out to the car, it goes into my YouTube, you know, my, my uh, Bluetooth. So I play it all the way in, 28 miles, uh, drive in a little bit slower because it was raining quite heavily. Come in here, turn off the car. It's still on my phone, still going on. Come in here, sit down, uh, do a few, like five minutes of work, grab the phone, go out, get a cup of coffee, come back in here. It's still playing. It was like, jeez. It was, it was way too long. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the, the, the Clinton speech that, uh, and I know it goes back a long way, but it's just something that it, it, it just, Clinton was the one that really did it the first time, which I went, my God, where he just said, we're going to give you everything on the planet and it's not going to cost you anything and it's not going to add to the deficit. An and, hour and 12. I just timed it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Man, it seemed longer. It did seem longer. It seemed longer than that. Well, what's interesting is that I, you know, I was loading the, it's actually an embedded YouTube uh, video at whitehouse.gov. And, of course, they start long before he even enters the room. You know, it's it's the video. Right, exactly right. And yeah. so, uh, basically, people are milling around on the floor, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he enters and they start applauding the whole thing. Uh, but from the point he started until An he ended... 12? An hour Man. and 12 minutes. I'm telling you, it seemed so it much It seemed longer. like a lot. Yep. But but uh, I guess the point I was going to make, it seems like it also takes them longer to get into the room and also longer to get out of the room. <laughs> but uh, here's National Review, just out a couple of seconds ago. The State of the Union address was given by the same mythical hero who attended law school on a full academic scholarship and went to jail to protest apartheid. His fabled accomplishments this time included ending the COVID pandemic, reducing inflation and the deficit, and bringing the country together. Mm. He pledged heroically to block cuts to Medicare and Social Security and a national ban on abortion, none of which have any remote prospect of reaching his death's, uh, uh, desk. Some of his posturing was, however, politically shrewd. He did uh, a balancing act on the police, praising most of them while calling for reform. The social causes the administration has spent much of its energy pursuing were relegated to a few sentences tucked more than an hour into the speech. Did you notice that? The, the liberal mm. transgender activist movement, CRT, things like that, not really mentioned. Instead, he concentrated on a doubtless poll, on the doubtless, uh, poll tested economic agenda. Price controls on medicine, airfare, lodging. Uh, they're doomed, thanks to the Republican House, and rightly so, given the bail of, of the baleful effects they would likely have on innovation and supplies, but price controls often sound appealing when those effects are ignored. I love this. When when you tell people, but they're, what they're saying is, when you say something is free, it's actually not free, so there's going to be negative consequences, but the public doesn't want to hear the negative consequences, yeah, right. so we don't tell them. Uh, Biden's economic nationalism uh, was also likely a vote winner. Every president says he favors buy American procurement policies, even though they mean le- having less bang for the taxpayer's buck. Nobody wants to see seniors' benefits slashed. Never mind that politicians who stop the discussion there are guaranteeing a crisis that nobody wants either. No. In the real world, the programs need reforms more than they need to be protected from cuts. Gun control is not the answer to violent crime. And resort fees, however annoying, are not among the top challenges the U.S. government ought to be tackling. 
What our politics lacks most is a sober insistence on reality. Mm. Look, the it's it's funny. Uh, my, I just you know we just I, you you were on a different time uh, uh, timeline than I was, but I just finished with Sarah Huckabee Sanders a few minutes before we went on the air. So my mind is just full of a million things. Mm-hmm. But the the one thing that I got out of this is this was probably the best speech that he could have given. And uh, it basically was, I'm going to give you everything and there are no consequences to it. There's no consequences to we are going to provide this and that and 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 take care of this and take care of that and take care of this and take care of this and make this cheaper and make this cheaper and make this cheaper and there will be no consequences whatsoever. It is the normal projection that Democratic presidents give, the normal projection that the government can take care of everything. The problem is this time the people know that isn't true. Because yeah. they're feeling this is something that we've talked about before. They feel the real world effects. You're telling them, here's what we're going to do in the future for you possibly. Here's our goal while you're suffering right now. Yeah. And everything that they have told you of how great the economy is, you don't feel. That's the problem. The other thing is, uh, as soon as I woke up, uh, when I went to Twitter, Sarah Huckabee Sanders had just finished. So mm-hmm. everything. And so I went to Twitter. And there it is back and forth. You go to Twitter and you see people just, you know, left and right. But it's the it's the normal inside Washington, you know, inside the the Beltway. Uh, it's that response going back and forth. Uh, I go to Facebook. Nothing. Mm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. The only thing people talking about is LeBron James breaking the NBA scoring record. Yeah. That's what you see. And the normal stuff. You don't see any of it. I did see one person I know who posted um, something like, uh, yeah, I'm watching the State of the Union. And it was he must have been watching me TV because it was Green Acres because it was Mr. Haney or one of them. Mm -hmm. I can't remember which. Mm -hmm. And so they were just being sarcastic. They actually Mm -hmm. weren't watching the State of the Union, just making a comment on it. And and so that's the, the part. And as you said, look, there's not just four networks anymore. People stream all the time. There's so many different channels. And so a lot of people don't. You know, they really don't pay attention to it. And for me, now I will say this, I had a, I have a disadvantage than most people have because I listened to the entire thing. I didn't watch it. Mm-hmm. And so I missed probably some of the facial things, but then you could hear the back and forth. I will say this, this was really the most taunting I've ever seen a president do. I saw Jonathan Turley, you know, when I, when I woke up, I saw his comments that, uh, you know, uh, you know, Republicans basically it's not it's n- uh, not good when, you know, uh, Democrats were rude to Trump and it's not good when Republicans are rude to uh, <laughs> to Biden. Yeah. And I said, well, let me hear this. I'm like, so I hear it. So I didn't see it. I just heard it. And so you can hear I got a great sound system and I turned it up, you know, so I could hear. And he's basically taunting them. He wanted them to respond. Mm-hmm. The whole thing was to get them. On Medicare, because when he came out and said, you know, Medicare and uh, Republicans want to sunset Medicare uh, uh, and uh, and Medicare and um, uh, and uh, Social Security. And as uh, was pointed out in National Review, no Republican has ever said that. Yeah, right. No Republican has ever said that. What you had was Rick Scott say, 
we need to sunset federal legislation after five years. He didn't say federal entitlement programs. Right. So that was a lie. But it got the reaction. And then also point out National Review, the most the, the worst part of it was the fact that the imagery that both Republicans and Democrats agree, nothing touches Social Security whatsoever. It stays exactly the same. And the you know response to that was, that's completely irresponsible. But as we have stated, the American public believes, the polls show it, the American public believes they're wrong, but the American public believes and the, uh, a significant portion of Republicans believe you can balance the budget without reforming Social Security and Medicare. You can't. Yeah. Right. You can't. That's the, it's not an opinion. It's economic reality. It's like looking at your checkbook and you say, I've got 20 bucks and, but, uh, but I need to pay a bill of a hundred dollars. And someone says, well, look, we're, we're going to make it so, you know, that we're going to, we're going to make it so you don't have to deal with that other 75 or that other 80 bucks. Well, you're going to have to deal with it. Right. You have no choice. You have to deal with it somehow one way or another. You have to deal with it. Any, anything in economics, there is consequences to any economic action. Mm-hmm. And we wish to pretend as a nation that there's not. So that is, you know, now I know that Republicans, you know, they were, you know, they, uh, he said, you want to sunset it, which means get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, that's not the point we're trying to make. And he goes, oh, so we agree. So we're not going to change Social Security and Medicare. Right. It goes from one yeah. one, hey. one side to the other in straw man arguments. Yeah. And, you know, and that's it. Look, uh, you know, one of the things that kept going through my mind throughout the day, and then uh, I woke up right before it started. So I thought, okay, I guess I'm going to watch it live. Um, oh, and, poor guy. Yeah. Um, and I thought to myself, you know, um, throughout the day, I thought, you know, television viewership is different. Uh, we used to make, it used to be not necessarily always appointment television, but you would be in front of the TV and, you know, whatever the networks were, 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 or putting across live, you know, you would just, and then all of a sudden, then cable expanded in the seventies and, and eighties. And now we're on to selective television watching. Uh, Deadline did an interesting article on on the big four networks and the state of uh, television viewership and what the companies that run them are actually putting into it. Um, only one of the the original big three, CBS, NBC, and ABC, uh, has an executive dedicated to programming, and that's CBS. The rest of them are dedicated to their other uh, ventures, including you know Hulu or whatever it might be. And they're moving away from their focus because they realize the viewership is dropping. It, it is a very measurable decline. Well, it used to be you were sitting there watching, you know, back in the day, uh, must-see TV or what, whatever it was, right? And your favorite sitcoms or whatever were on. And then the television, boom, all of a sudden, there it is on every channel, the State of the Union. And did people pay attention? I think they paid attention closer uh, to what they're doing now. Um, I'll be interested to see what the exposure was like. But the fact of the matter is, is that right now, I think there's probably good reason to believe that some people, because of the fact that people are hurting, families are hurting, 
you're starting to see more and more layoffs, and, and this was announced. Uh, you saw Wall Street react to more and more layoffs this week. This is going to be, you know, this is the time when people basically might turn it on and say, what's he going to do for us? What is he saying he's going to mm-hmm. do for us? Or are they going to continue to screw it up? I mean, this might be the time where they they drop in to see what he's promising, what his party is promising, or what the opposition is saying about, you know, what they're promising. And I think it is because people feel like they're underwater with inflation. Now, we'll see what it turns out to be in terms of the numbers. But it's that kind of situation, what the uh, the party, their party primarily, has built in this massive uh, 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 economic problem that we have that drives people to look for answers. And you're right. This is probably the best speech he could give at the time. You promised them the world, and you point at big corporations Look at them making $40 billion and paying zero taxes. And if you're making under 400000 you won't pay a penny more under my plan, the whole thing. He's not going to get anything done over the next two years, of course. But it's the promise. It's like mm-hmm. we talked about it uh, yesterday, you know, with the billionaire's tax and all this. It, it's not that they're going to get that done. They're just trying to build the jealousy and envy in order well, to build it for 24. It's what they've been promoting for the last 40 years. Mm-hmm. I mean this is not this is not new. I mean it was a stand it was a I call it a democrat stock speech and yeah, and, right and, out of the and when yeah. and when people are getting killed by inflation which means the economy is bad, you promise them everything to be free. Mm-hmm. And and that was if if I saw a weakness and and by the way, I, I don't pay attention to Twitter where you know everybody's you know every republican says or uh, every democrat says even though i didn't see a lot of democrats saying what a great speech you know you had the I, the average person you know stating it uh there were you know there was a lot of people quiet but republicans were criticizing uh biden's speech and i said of course they should because on substance that's what you're looking at and the substance isn't right. there mm-hmm. but we're also talking about the imagery and how you convince people uh, but also Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the greatest speech ever. No, it wasn't. It was a good speech, and it, it showed the speech. difference. But yeah. it wasn't the greatest speech ever, and it wasn't the greatest response ever to a State of the Union address. Uh, it was proper. It was. It was. It was proper. She did set the things that are important. But one weakness was she mostly talked about basically the culture wars. Mm-hmm. When the American public is really concerned, not that they're not concerned about the culture wars, but really the economy was a side was 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 not something of of the importance right there except criticizing Biden for the fact that inflation is extremely bad and everything yeah, else and the republicans right. do have a plan to uh to do it but right. hers was much shorter anyway and the things that she hit for example uh, critical race theory liberal transgender activist movement uh, uh education reforming education mm-hmm. those are all things that are important but the number one thing is the economy and that wasn't yeah. the focus of her right. plus she lacks excitement yeah, it was uh it was the tone was a little yeah. lower than than what it should have been, I think. 86690 red eye. Tires command a lot of attention as a top expense for drivers and a leading cause of CSA violations. Any tire maintenance practice that can help extend tire life is worth consideration. Consider tire balancing, which can set you up for savings and a smoother ride before your tires touch the highway. Tire balancing and wheel alignment are different services, but both contribute to a smoother ride and should accompany tire replacements or repairs.
Tire balancing corrects an uneven distribution of weight in tires and wheel assemblies, providing improved vehicle handling, increased fuel economy, and the overall lifespan of your tires. Balancing your tires also helps keep vehicle hardware like cab rivets tight and can help with the resale value of your vehicle. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. This is Red Eye Radio. Hey drivers, Eric Harley here. Today I want to talk to you about CatScale. Most of you have heard about CatScale's guarantee, but did you realize they guarantee axle weights and the gross weight? That's right. If you weigh legal on a CatScale and then get an overweight citation, CatScale will pay you back for the fine or go to court with you. Now that's a guarantee. Besides the guarantee, the people at CatScale have been working on some other things to make life easier for you. Many of you are already using their Weigh My Truck app to weigh your loads. Super easy, right? For you drivers out there who aren't, let me tell you, download this app. It's a huge time saver. Simply set up an account at weighmytruck.com or ask your company to do it. And then you just pull on the scale, open the app, follow the screens, and within a matter of seconds, you are weighed and you'll see your weights right there on your phone or tablet. That's it. You're done. You'll also get a locked PDF copy of the scale ticket emailed to you. Weighing doesn't get any easier than that. If you want to know more about the Way My Truck app, go to weighmytruck.com or give CatScale a call, 877-CATSCALE. Their help desk is always open. We're afraid you're going to shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway, so why should we invest in them? I said, we're going to need oil for at least another decade, and that's going to exceed (laughs) and beyond that. We're going to need it. At least another decade, Gary. It's going to be at least another year. <laughs> I don't like to make long-term plans. But I'm guessing probably at least up to July. Those were uh those were off to off script. Yeah. Uh, yeah. apparently well, I reported. Okay, we yep. didn't touch on this yesterday. We were as we were doing our official preview of the state of the union. We were going over some and and the thing is is that the media learns, you know, ahead of time some of the things he's going to cover and we were Yesterday, you know, okay, does he, you know, is he going to uh, touch on China? Uh, one thing that we knew he was going to talk about was taxation and uh, going after billionaires and everything else. But in the back of my mind over the past few days, I've been wondering, how often does he go off script in the State of the Union? Well, he's a guy that goes off script quite a bit. And, <laughs> you know, uh, from flubbing it at the beginning with, uh, you know, recognizing Chuck Schumer is uh, another term as Senate Minority, minority Leader, leader. Uh-huh. to to this, you know, and the Chinese this, leader thing. I mean, that was, it, I don't even it, that was it, it's it's honestly, you know, it's like you woke somebody up and they're on heavy sleep medication or something and they're just mumbling. That's what it feels like sometimes, but. They spent, you know, the better part of probably, I don't know, 36 hours at Camp David 
maybe even longer rehearsing total. But the reason he went to Camp David on Sunday, or he was on his way and stopped and gave the the uh, comment about the balloon, uh, the, they they go into rehearsal, and every president does it. But I, I'm thinking to myself, gosh, did you guys take enough time with that? He needs more than just a day or two. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the number one rule for him should be, don't vary from the script. Don't vary from the script. You know, let the applaud, which is the the applause, which most of it is going to come from your own party. Let that play. Get some time out of that. That's a good sound bite. So if and or when you get applause, then you let that play out. Uh, and then otherwise you stay on the script. And that was one of those right. moments, you know. And and by the way, when, when we do this analysis, understand that, you know, when and if you go on Twitter, I mean, people get all hyped up, you know, because it's like, yeah. uh, this is the greatest speech. You know, uh, Chris yeah. Wallace, what a great or uh, what a great speech. Mm-hmm. What a great speech by. And it's like, stop mm-hmm. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. leadership. It's like no, it's a no. it's a stock it's a stock democratic speech when the economy is bad. Yeah, when you've got massive inflation, which is we're going to give you everything, we're going to give you everything, we're going to lower costs on everything for you. Government regulation is going to take care of you. We're going to make your life wonderful. It's not going to cost anybody anything. We'll decrease the debt by doing it. It's a fantasy world, but that's what Democrats like and liberals like, and the mm-hmm. media likes that because that's what they've been promoting for the last forty years. But understand that this will last in the in, in the public's mind um well let me let me give you an example of what it's like eric and i just had a great minute the last minute was just great i mean it was some of the finest radio you'll ever hear in the history of radio uh no see he doesn't care already because he's moved on 30 he's seconds moved on. right he moved and, on right when we capped right. it Exactly. So yeah. 10 minutes from now, nobody cares. We had a great minute. That's what a State of the Union address is. Right. It's that. You know, and but people get all, you know, riled up because the Twitter goes back and forth. You know, this was the worst speech we State of the Union address ever. It was the best State of the Union address. The response was the worst response ever from a Republican. It was the best response ever from it, it was none of the above for all of it. And when you look at, uh, you know, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I said, I I would have liked a little bit more excitement because she could have put you to sleep. Yeah, she was very, I I wasn't sleeping until the the end of her. Just, just the, just the tone tone. was so mellow. But what she said had a great deal of substance. Mm -hmm. And what I thought was interesting because everything, you know, everything is focus group. Mm -hmm. And the reason that Biden, was going to give everything to everybody is because the economy is the biggest thing that people are thinking of. One of the weak spots I thought is they should have mentioned the economy a little bit more, yeah. but maybe you don't need to just criticizing by you criticizing and saying Biden's you know responsible for the inflation and the spending's what's you know responsible. That's enough. You know that's enough in saying look he's not telling you the truth. But I think that you remember when uh, Claire McCaskill in in Missouri back in 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah, put out the ad saying I'm not a, I'm not one of those crazy Democrats. Or it was two people a couple talking. Couple of actors, a couple actors were talking. talking you right. know, she's not one of those crazy right. Democrats. And she, I'm not one of those crazy Democrats. That's 2016. Mm-hmm. 
right? Was that 2016 or 2018? Uh, 2016. Uh, 2016? Yeah, I believe. Well, whatever. Is it the 2016 or 2018 when she did it? It seems like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but when, when she did it, we went, whoa, whoa. She focus grouped that. Yeah. She focus grouped that and found out that that's what a ton of independents must be thinking. Mm-hmm. And so for Sarah Huckabee Sanders to use that, and, and what she said was, the difference is not between left and right. The difference is between normal and crazy and then get into the critical race, you know, get into the critical race theory, liberal transgender activist movement, you know, Latinx. She also brought that up uh, and and what's going on in education in our schools. That does hit a bell. And she knows that education and the Republicans know education is a huge woman issue. Yeah. And she focused on being a woman when they can't define a woman. And did it, uh, you know, in a and and maybe, maybe let's put it. Maybe my analysis that she wasn't excited enough was was is wrong because in the long run, what they wanted is somebody mellow and sober, a, a woman, you know, to say they can't define what a woman is. Yeah, and just do it. Was twenty eighteen? Yeah, and and just do it matter of factly. They can't define what a woman is. Yeah, and do it in that way. So I might, I would have liked to see a little bit of excitement, but maybe that was the thing. No, let's just let's just be calm and rational as the other side is insane and promote the fact that it's not between left and right; it's between normal and crazy. The fact that they did that means that that is still being focus group and there's a ton of people that look and they know there's the crazy crazy side of the democratic party that has not got weaker since 2018 mm-hmm. in many people's eyes but has gotten stronger yeah and yeah. and so when you look at the overall thing look we're back tomorrow to balloon gate we're back uh, uh not tomorrow today mm-hmm. we're back today now to the hunter biden hearings mm-hmm. will start today the only thing that you may see on this is, again, the morning news tomorrow. We'll be covering it. And then possibly, if there's no good news by the end of the week, all the yeah. Sunday morning news shows will still be covering the great State of the Union because there's nothing else that they wish to talk about mm-hmm. that can prop up the president. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, I, I think a couple of things. Uh, we were in our pre-show meeting uh, talking about the choice of having Governor uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders issue the response uh, for the GOP. And I said, well, maybe it's part of, you said, look, it, it's clear there's, they don't see anybody, you know, in in the house or Senate right now. That is the, that has that kind of power, that who has star it, power that has, who, you, you and, know, and has ability to communicate the message they wish to communicate right. better than Sarah Huckabee Sanders. That's why she did it. Right. And, yeah. and I added to it and said, you know, it's also probably part of, you know, this story that came out, Recently, that the GOP is going to be more selective in their candidates for the Senate. They're looking <laughs> and for office in general. They're looking for candidates this time. They believe that can win. Well, and so aside from Governor DeSantis, uh, yeah. she fits that bill. But she also fits that bill in a way that she has. She's very uh, very media savvy. She has uh, n- no issues. She's not going to. All due respect to Marco Rubio, she's not going to have that deer in the headlights m- moment where she has to get a drink of water very nervously. Um, she's, you know, <laughs> look, if you can stand at the podium speaking for Donald Trump as president, you've had proper training to be up there and deliver pretty much any speech you 
think you need to deliver. Maybe that's maybe that's my bias. Mm. Is you saw her personality, yeah, uh, much more at that podium than you did, and I just wish I would have seen a little bit of that. The, you know, the smile that she has. No, I guess the energy. No, you're right. The, yeah. The, uh, the, I, 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 I was, I think I was expecting that too. The, yeah. the, the pie making Sarah Sanders yeah, Huckabee. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that would have been fine. You know, start, start. And, and by the way, uh, uh, before I begin, I brought pie. If anybody wants it and then set it down, then do, do, deliver your speech. That was no, wonderful. She, yes. but she, I think does have that very, uh, down to earth tone. I think that's probably why the party picked her. Um, and, and, Unfortunately, in that setting, there are a couple of things. If anybody is still watching, by the time the president is done, very few people, if any, except for people who do what we do, are watching right. on the response. And Repu- it, Republicans are watching. And, you know, yeah, they, the GOP. Watch, right. I, w- I would say, too, that the, likely many in the middle are watching be- because they're wondering, all right, look, what is actually going on here? I think the underwhelming performance of the GOP at the midterm but then all of a sudden right after that we went straight into document gate now China balloon gate and all these things there could be some buyer's remorse for a few voters who maybe you know stuck with Democrats or voted for Democrats and now are looking at it going okay I I probably shouldn't have done that Um, or whatever or they're looking forward to 24 saying all right what is the GOP going to offer me or what is the what is the Democratic Party going to do or keep doing that I like or dislike or whatever? You know, I, I think there's probably some that are looking at that and, and likely curious to see uh, a Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I mean, she does have that appeal uh, having been part of the Trump administration. So, you know, or staff. And, and, and that's mm-hmm. the thing that I think, you know. Uh, she probably connects to people in the Midwest. It was a good pick by the GOP. I would have loved to see Governor DeSantis, um, but I think she did a good job. You know, uh, look. Well, his, is he dealing with, is DeSantis dealing with the photo scandal? Yeah, probably. Um, and I, I'm this, kidding, by the way. This is the equivalent, by the way, this is the equivalent. This isn't the Super Bowl. This is the equivalent of the All-Star game. <laughs> right you want to get out there this wasn't real politics this was flag football po- this it, was flag exactly, politics exactly <laughs> well that's why i don't take it i don't again i don't take it too serious because how many have i been, have I been through in my life and you know when you've been through so many if yeah. you're new to politics yeah. you get all hyped up about it and you're like okay who's winning every single point back and forth and the president could see a bump in the polls for the next week that yeah. could happen yeah. but then reality sets in and your life sets in and things don't get any better. Because I think you made a great point. Yeah, people are looking and saying, what are you doing for me now instead of down the road? But if you are hurting and someone says, I'm going to give you everything for free, that can affect certain people to be positive about you yeah. until a couple of weeks go by and they realize nothing has changed and you're the president and then your numbers go back down again. When, when you're desperate, you know, uh, and, and you're underwater like that, and a lot of American families are. And and I'm not saying that that's a, a you know, uh, I, this is not to come down on them. That's it's the natural state of your mindset when financially you're struggling. You're you're looking for answers. You're looking for anything. You're looking for somebody to throw you something. And that's in part what you heard. Well, as Dad told me a long time ago, mm-hmm. 
if you're looking at the federal government or any government to change your lot in life, mm-hmm. you've picked a losing bet. That is uh, that that's, was that's must have been ages ago. Oh, <laughs> uh, my dad's. Oh, he, I prob I probably was. I don't know, sixteen, seventeen when he said that. Mm-hmm. So we're going back a long because long time ago. Post recession, so even yeah. even more Republican. Not. I agree with your dad, by the way. Yes. Uh, Post recession, it's you know you, we've got more conservatives who look to the government to do something for them so yeah you know yeah well politically they got their bailout why don't i get mine exactly (laughs) 86690-RED-EYE coming up more with gary mcnamara and eric harley it's red eye radio motel six we'll leave the light on for every trucker out there needing a comfortable bed after a not so comfortable 10 hours on the road If you drive a big rig, you know that more time on the road means more money in your pocket. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running and save you money in the long run. Trade up to Shell Rotella and you'll get superior protection against engine wear. That means less time in the shop and more time on the road. It also means you'll get more chances to see North America's finest roadside attraction. Cows, cornfields, cows in cornfields. It's lovely this time of year. Shell Rotella's advanced synthetic technology also offers extended drain intervals, helping your rig go farther between oil changes. So you'll make less pit stops. Well, unless you need to restock on snacks, we really can't help you with that. But if you're looking to help your big rig engine live longer, look no further. Superior protection, less maintenance. That's what you can expect from the number one heavy-duty engine oil in North America. Shell Rotella for the long haul. Explore the full lineup of Shell Rotella products at rotella.com slash long haul. Hey, truckers, it's time for today's Roll Haul. I'm hauling bobbleheads. I'm hauling a product I can't name on air. I'm hauling dinosaurs. Wait, sorry, I just want to clarify. I can't name the product because it's trademarked, not because it's anything like that. Okay, then. From hauling bobbleheads to dino-somethings, Progressive Commercial has you covered with savings on specialty coverage for heavy trucks. Get a quote in as little as five minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage subject to policy terms and conditions. If you're a trucking industry professional, then you need to stay on top of changing regulations, equipment upgrades, and technology advancements. Fleet Owner Magazine gives you all of this and more. Written for fleet executives and managers, Fleet Owner gives you the business intelligence on operations, vehicle maintenance, regulations, and information technology you need to stay ahead. But that's not all. With its monthly print publication, daily and weekly email newsletters, and a website updated several times a day, Fleet Owner has all the latest news and information delivered to you when you want it and where you want it. From industry experts to award-winning writers and columnists, Fleet Owner is the number one source for trucking information in North America. Remember to visit FleetOwner.com every day for the latest industry news. You can also sign up to receive Newsline, their free email newsletter, and subscribe to Fleet Owner magazine. Visit FleetOwner.com. Fleet Owner, for news you can use. The St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund invites all over-the-road Class A CDL holders to join our smoking cessation program, Rigs Without SIGs. Participants receive tools to assist in quitting, along with support and accountability from the program manager and others in the program. Incentive packages are offered by the Road Pro family of brands for all who stop using tobacco through the Rigs Without SIGs program. Go to truckersfund.org under the Health and Wellness tab and sign up for Rigs Without SIGs. 
It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Well, a significant portion of the uh, the president's State of the Union address, well, uh, focus, I mean, it, he talked about a lot of other things, but was, to me, the biggest lie that the Democrats have been the most successful on selling to the poor and middle class in an issue that hurts them the most. And we're talking about the last 40 years they've been promoting this, and it is something that hurts the poor the most, and yet Democrats keep promoting it. We'll have that coming up. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome. Good morning. Thanks so much for being here. I'm just, I'm laughing because I just went through uh, Twitter. Oh, by the way, download our app and you can listen when and where you want. And then if you listen to our app, we'll make sure that everything in your life, we'll cut the cost of everything in your life. We will cut the cost of your medical care. We'll cut the cost of food. We'll cut the cost of, of housing. We'll cut the cost of, of credit card late fees. We'll cut the cost just by downloading our Red Eye Radio app. Mark Levin and Ben Shapiro <laughs> and Dan Bon Jovi, none of those guys... <laughs> give you what we give you <laughs> they just they just give you empty promises we will deliver we incidentally will... i want to mention something okay <laughs> we'll finish it well come on play the whole thing do we not have the whole thing it's from 11 years ago we should incidentally, be able to i want to mention something yeah there's a really good late night program and when i have to work late mm-hmm. two guys eric and gary they are very good and it is a damn good show, by the way. Highly edited Mark Levin from 11 years ago. No, it we is, still he, use. He it. really said it. I remember. I remember when I got. You know when that. You know what. You, you know what day that was. The day he got in trouble with corporate. <laughs> no, no, that was the day. That was the day that you and I. We had our we, big meeting. We had our. We had our big meeting, and that's when. That was the day. That we became, Mark was listening to our old show. Yeah, it was December of uh, 2011. It would, that would have been December 16th, 16th, I think, of yeah. 2011, 16th or 17th. Because mm-hmm. I know the next day one of us was going on vacation. Mm-hmm. We were doing our old show together. Yeah. Yeah. Red Eye, you know, our, our show, our mm-hmm. v- version of Red Eye did not exist mm-hmm. at that point. And we had found out, and we met with everybody that day. And you weren't working that night. I had to work. And the meeting went on till like four four thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, and I got caught in this massive traffic jam. Mm. Yeah, and I was in this massive traffic jam, saying I'm not going to get any sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, but now we weren't in these studios. This is like three studios ago, so they were much closer to my house. Right. But I'm, I'm in a traffic jam, and uh, Tyler Cox, our, our old boss, called me 
Levin's talking about you guys. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, the old building was only a few miles from my house, and I was, uh, I was about halfway home, and uh, Tyler called me. Yeah, Same thing. That was, so that was always, I always smile when I hear that because uh, yeah. Mark's, Mark's. Mark has been very generous. He's a, he's a, he's a very, great very guy. Very, uh, very good guy. We did a, yeah. uh, he came to Texas and did an appearance with us uh, with WBAP, our flagship mm-hmm. station, years ago. And we just had, I remember the brunt of the conversation. Uh, he was signing autographs. I was explaining to people in line who I was. And he said, <laughs> He said, uh, hey, Harley, did you know Bruce Willis is no longer a conservative? <laughs> I was like, it's just out of the blue. And it's something that happened, you know, Bruce Willis had said back then that, uh, or I think he said Republican, not conservative. Uh, something that he was not happy with the Republican Party or something like that. And we were just making small talk, you know. Uh, the audience uh, lined up to, to meet Mark. and uh, And by the way, since we're uh, mentioning some of our colleagues, uh, also sitting uh, next to us that day was Hal J, uh, WBAP oh. morning host, yeah. who we shared with you a couple of weeks ago that Hal was waiting on a heart transplant. It yep. finally happened. He got it. Uh, you, have I, you and I have known since it happened. It was late Friday night, Saturday morning at 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. Yep. He uh, was called. That's how it works when you're waiting on a transplant. Uh, and, uh, so he went in at 1 a.m. By 5 a.m., he was in his room. Yep. And, uh, they had him on his feet very soon. And there's word that he may even be able to, uh, you know, uh, go home early. And of course, the boss is asking, when are you going to get back to work? Uh, but, <laughs> but no, everybody has been, uh, keeping him in prayers. And, and it's just mm-hmm. been, I know that, uh, his lovely bride, Anne, has been uh so gracious um i i know that i signed up to be a donor with uh the dmv at the dmv a long time ago but there was a there's a link that you can go in our state there was a link uh, available and i thought i'm going to make sure because mm-hmm. I, number one i don't trust the dmv not the employees but the any level of government <laughs> i i just i i'm not sure i guess i could have looked at my driver license, uh, but I decided I'm going to go and make sure and go to the website and everything else um, because it has been a long, long time. And uh, and so uh, if you are so inclined, uh, that's the encouragement uh, by all of those who know and love Hal and from Hal and his family. Uh, there are uh, many ways you can give in life and there's many ways you can give after mm-hmm. you're gone. And, and I know that they are very grateful, uh, you know, for being able to receive that heart for Hal. And I know all of his family, his friends, his extended family uh, in radio and in in, uh, the listening audience are all grateful for that as well. So I don't know how we we really evolved Mm -hmm. from where we first started because I was Mm -hmm. talking about looking at Twitter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, we were making and, promises and, and, that and we can't keep. Right, I was talking, to our about, I was talking about looking at looking yeah. at looking at uh, uh, Twitter, and I mm-hmm. and I start just here during the break, and I was laughing like crazy. Yeah, because I'm just I'm seeing all these people say, "What resort fees? Mm-hmm. What he's going to lower resort fees? Who uh-huh. the hell cares about resort 
resort fees in National Review when we started the show, they had something on it, too. He also brought up, and, and I just said we have to repeat this because sometimes something is so embedded in our mind that we think that everybody in our audience has been exposed to it, and they haven't been. Mm-hmm. But he also brought up the fact that basically it was the Democrats that made it so you saw what the total price of an airline ticket is. Yeah. He actually brought, I mean, that was years. How long ago was that? Mm. 10 wow. years ago? Yeah. 12 years ago? Yeah. He actually brought that up, you know, and, and said that. And I just went, wow, I got to make sure that we mention that because this is a case where, you know, and he's trying to say, and so you get the full cost is there, the full cost of what you're going to pay. And the Democrats called that transparency. And that's what Biden was trying to sell you as transparency. Remember the way that it was. They would break it down and say, here is our cost. Mm -hmm. This is the cost of the ticket that we, the company, charge. Then when you would go to the final page, it would be the full cost, and it would be itemized what the government fees are. Right. And so the airlines had way more transparency up front as to everything and where the money was going And the Democrats came in and said, we're going to give you transparency. You must put the final cost there right up front. The final cost must be there. You must not basically break it down, uh, itemize. Right. And it was just and he was trying to promote that that was a good thing last night. What I'm telling you, just the 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 biggest uh, con job. Well, well, think about what has transpired, how we as a shopping public shop now, as opposed to when all that went down. We all we all know how to buy a, a ticket to buy a widget off of Amazon or anywhere else. This is probably the most uh, technically savvy that any generation has been. Right. So bringing that up is like saying we're not gonna we're not gonna force you to get ice delivered every morning for your ice box. We're gonna make sure that. Every home has a refrigerator and electricity. And next year, we're going to work on indoor plumbing. I mean, it was... Why Why? Why did you feel... Because there was a retro feel to, to the, the speech in general, going back to, you know, tax the rich and everything out of the playbook from the past. Did they feel like they had to reach that far back know, for that but, item? But when you mention Amazon, you go to Amazon, there's the price. Then mm. when you go to pay for it, you know, it's a, okay, you uh, go to the cart. You go to the mm-hmm. cart, and there it is. All right, here, taxes, here's, here's taxes. Oh, you want it uh, quicker. This is mm-hmm. taxes, delivery, whatever mm-hmm. the cost is. Yeah. And you pay the final, and it's all you broken it. down. Yeah. And you view that as being transparent. Right. The government didn't like that. That was because the government fees kept increasing every year because of TSA, and people right. were objecting to it. Right. And so the government, the Democrats, were upset that people could see what government was charging you for the price of an airline ticket, and they didn't like that. It's like the local leaders in Philly when they did the sugar tax, and all of the retailers started putting signs near the, the, the packages of soda saying, here's why it went up. It went up because this much of it is taxes, and then the local leaders who put that policy into place screamed that that wasn't fair. And the other question I have, and I'm not, I seriously, I don't want to insult anybody, but I believe this is accurate. Why are Democrats willful fools of the Democrats' 
selling them a stealth tax consistently over the last 40 years. And that's corporate taxes, and the president pounded on that last night. Corporate taxes are passed on to you. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not always passed on. Well, the, either one thing happens. They cut the workforce mm-hmm. or they raise the cost of goods and services. Yeah. And if they cut the workforce, they're not cutting the CEO. No. His pay isn't getting cut. They're getting cut. They're, they're cutting because they have uh, uh, the, the price goes up, sales goes down. They cut the worker. And if they don't, then if they can only reach a point there. So what do they do? They raise the cost. How do we know that? Look at every time what happens with gasoline. If you want to see the cost goes up and they, uh, they, they charge, you know, they charge more. That's how it, that's how it works. Yeah. And so you, the consumer, I, I don't know why so many Democrats are willful fools of their own party lying to them and trying to tell them that, these rich corporations will pay the tax, and therefore you'll be better off for it. I've asked this question, to, a serious question to all Democrats out there. Why do have you for decades played the willful fools of your own party buying into something that is obviously not true and is a stealth tax that hurts the poor the most? I had a guy approach me uh, one time, and we were talking about this same thing. And he said, and it's exactly what the president was talking about in the State of the Union. You got companies that made $40 billion and paid zero taxes. Did they make $40 billion in profits? Right. Look, you know, the, the whole loophole thing. Not a loophole. It was written deliberately. Oh, and he said take advantage of loopholes. Exactly. You're not taking it. Are you taking it, advantage of It's well, tax law. But I, I had right. this guy come up to me years ago, and he says, there's absolutely no way. They should be paying every dollar that comes in. They should be paying a tax on I said, okay, so McDonald's has to buy because the money comes in. What do they do with that money? They're going to have to pay for labor and all the supplies, the maintenance of that building and drive through and everything else, that property, all of that goes back into the company. Well, they, but they don't have to put that back in. The, so they don't have to order buns. You're saying they don't have to order the whatever is in chicken nuggets, allegedly? You're saying they don't have to buy any of those supplies the next day? They can just keep it in their pocket? I mean, it was the most foolish approach I've ever heard anybody that came to me in person. I will say this. I don't believe there is one company that had a net taxable profit that didn't pay tax on it. Well, that's the point. If... Did they owe taxes and they paid no taxes? Because right. that's against the law. And that's what that's what they're trying to imply. Yes. They made profits but didn't pay any taxes. Exactly. Exactly. Because here's where it gets dangerous. They come to you. You decided you're going to, I don't know, be an Uber driver. Side gig. Yeah, but I'm a contractor and I have to pay for maintenance and wear and tear and nope. Not before you pay us. Right. Your expenses don't matter. Your gross is what you, and we see this, you know, the the uh, number of owner-operators, true uh, independent owner-operators in the trucking industry. Well, they may make, I mean, depending on how much they haul, they make a ton of cash on the gross level. How much do they take home is the question. No, sorry. Before you buy fuel, the government, what's their cut? 
But why are middle class and poor Democrats so in favor uh, of a stealth tax and cheer a stealth tax so heartily all the time? Why do they do it? It's obvious they're the ones. It's a stealth tax. It's a horrible tax because you don't see it and it affects the poor the most. And the Democrats, the middle class Democrats, love it. Yeah. Well, I hope you also love high unemployment. Yep. 86690 red eye. Least owner operators should be aware of four common revenue myths, lest you fall into the trap of mistaking revenue for profit. Myth one, concentrate on increasing revenue because costs will take care of themselves. This is not true, as costs are fundamental to the profit equation and the area where owners exert the most control to improve. Myth two, more revenue per mile is the answer to all problems. Though carrier pay packages differ in structure, revenue per mile really doesn't change much from company to company. But there can be a big difference in miles, overall gross revenue, reimbursements, and fees. Myth three, all you have to do to be successful is run a lot of miles. In reality, revenue is only half of the profit equation. Costs are the other half. It's possible to generate a lot of revenue, yet spend a dollar ten to make every dollar. Myth four, you can tell how well you're doing by the size of your settlement check. The settlement check is only a part of the success picture. Miles driven, loads hauled, conditions, mechanical problems, time off, and especially costs all have to be considered. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Check out all the latest in news, events, trekking information, and podcasts at Red Eye Radio's website at Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866 uh, uh, Red Eye. 
just so you know, some of the things, you know, the president was talking about, uh, you know, the, the, the populace that everything, for example, and, and anything built with federal contracting dollars will be made in the United States. That's impossible. Mm. I believe you'll see that article coming out. Mm-hmm. That's impossible. Mm-hmm. We don't make everything that could make any infrastructure project in the United States. We right. just don't. Right. That's just the reality of it. You'll see articles coming out about that. And it's great to sell. Everything will be made in America. Mm-hmm. Mm. You right. know what the we number one. You know what the cost would be in order to do that, and will the taxpayer be willing to pay that? No, uh, and, and no, and and so I mean again, it was here's what we're going to do. Let's never talk about the consequences. The other thing is where he talked about computer chips, mm-hmm. and said, uh, uh, you know, talked about the fact that uh, uh, in, uh, Intel's building a semiconductor factory on thousands of acres. Uh, a literal field of dreams. It'll create 10,000 jobs, 7,000 construction jobs, 3,000 jobs once the, once the factories are finished, jobs paying $130,000 uh, a year. Many don't require a college degrees, jobs where people don't have to leave home in search of opportunity. And here we are. We're going to make them in America. National Review. It's a nice story, but it doesn't reflect what's actually going on right now in the semiconductor industry where there's a supply glut. That means right now in the semiconductor industry across the world, they're laying off. Yeah. Intel CEO announced last week the company will be cutting pay across the workforce. That came after Intel and Korean chipmaker Samsung and SK Hynix announced huge profit declines in the fourth quarter of 2022. We've known this was coming for a while. You can find the warnings from analysts in late 2021 and articles about selling semiconductor stocks last May. And here it is. Semiconductor firms across the world are currently losing money on every semiconductor they sell right now. In other words, it's not a great time to expand production. Yeah. Well, and he writes, politician-driven economic planning is working about as well as should have been expected. individuals and businesses with tax problems. Listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control of your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business... hours a night and still not enough listen to our podcast available on the app and on our website red i radio show.com and he is eric harley and i'm gary mcnamara 866-90 red eye if uh, you'd like to uh get in i'm just i'm just going through uh the I, by the way i just love i love scanning the new york post because the new york post does a lot of great uh <laughs> news stories that have a lot of integrity it's just, you know, next to a story on, let's analyze Biden's speech. Madonna. Just, <laughs> yeah. I just, I just love going through the different, uh, uh, you know, just going through the different uh, headlines and 
how close they are together. I mean, tabloid on one one end, you probably can't find a newspaper that does the tabloid stuff that they do that actually has legit columnists and a news department. Because you think about it, you know, they, they broke one of the biggest stories, political stories ever. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons it became one of the biggest political stories is because the media wouldn't cover it. And then remember, it's because they were a tabloid. Oh, they're a tabloid. It's like, it's legit. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, it, it's, they've, it, it's almost comical in, in, in how they deliver some of the tabloid stuff along with the other legitimate stuff. But when I saw this, I burst out laughing. Michael Goodwin, who had the headline, because mm. I thought the same thing. <laughs> Biden threatens to finish what he started, but hasn't he done enough? <laughs> I thought the same thing when he goes, let's finish a job. Let's finish a job. No! <laughs> no. no, no, it's okay. You don't. You don't have to. It's okay. Uh, that's, but that's a great point. Um, you know, the thing is, is that, uh, if you are following along, you don't even have to follow that closely on a daily basis to, to know that the president doesn't have any power between, uh, other than executive orders between now and January of 25. So, you know, we'll see. What happens, it, it really was the equivalent of a, a campaign speech. You know, mm-hmm. uh, support yeah. support my party because we want to give you all these things. Oh, you're uh, right. You know, and it doesn't look good for them in the Senate next year uh, for the Democrats. It It's just the way the seats fall, you know. Um, but we'll see what, what happens. Who knows? The Republicans might be able to botch that as well. Uh, and maybe they, uh, for some reason between now and then, uh, botch, um, anything they're doing in the house and they don't win the house. I, I can't tell you too far out to even talk about that. But the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, right now is all about promises, but you have to build that emotion or you have to tap into that emotion. Uh, it exists with a lot of people, you know, uh, yeah, uh, Corporations should pay more. The rich should pay more. I should get more. And somebody else should pay for it. <laughs> Why isn't my college loan paid off already? Come on. Well, I, I I found it interesting how they still peddled the same old lie that, you know, somehow we can punish the corporations and the corporations are getting away with something when actually you, either the worker or the taxpayer, are affected by corporate yeah. taxes. Right, right. You end up, it's a stealth tax that hurts the poor and, and the, the middle class uh, the, the most, and they keep pounding that year in and year out. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm amazed by how long that has gone on mm-hmm. without some Republicans saying, well, I see what happens to gasoline. And when gasoline, but then again, it's the Democrats love when, when when Democrats love when Democrats come on and say gasoline prices are too high. And so we're going to cut them by putting a we're going to cut the taxes by putting a windfalls profit tax on the oil companies. You right. and I remember uh, Obama in yep. Houston back mm-hmm. 
2007, I think, right? 2007, 2008. Yeah, 2007, 2008. Might have, might have been. Might have it, been. And I think might, it was the summer of oh, 2008. This, yeah, yeah, because the gas yeah. prices were so high. Right. And he said, are you sick of paying too high gas prices? Yes. Do you want me to lower them? Yes. Mm. Well, if I become president, I put a windfalls profit tax on all oil companies. And everybody cheered. And we went, sorry, we're not trying to insult you, but you're a bunch of idiots. He just asked you if you thought gasoline prices were too high. You said yes. He said he'll lower them. You cheered. And then he proceeded to tell you, I'm going to raise gasoline prices. And you cheered. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with such idiocy of a population, of an ignorant population that has no idea how economics works? You know, um, over and over again, we see it. And I, and I really think it, it, it is this whole thing. Uh, <laughs> I go back to Joey Pants <laughs> in the Matrix. Hey, I know I'm not eating a steak right now, but ignorance is bliss. I know what reality is. I just don't like it. When you look at the, you know, for example, defund the police. Mm-hmm. The rank and file Democrat went for that. Oh man, the entire, they carried that torch the, for a the, long the time. The party was behind it. Yep. Every, anybody with any sense of any, I don't want to say, I don't want to use the same word to <laughs> describe the same word because I was going to say any sense of common sense. <laughs> but anybody with any sense of common sense knows if you get rid of the police, crime is going to go up. Yeah, We said it back then. It's exactly what happened. They all scrambled. We can't do this. And we said, what type of idiots are you? Right. Instead of saying, we need to raise the standards of police officers. Right? Yeah. We need to ensure that we prosecute police officers who do the wrong thing. We... We here's what we did. We went in and said, restaurants, you know something? <laughs> this restaurant, we have a we have a one percent rate of food poisoning at all the restaurants in the United States. So what we need to do is defund the cooks and have servers take over for them. Hmm. Well, that's not gonna work because you can't produce the food. Which means we will have fewer food poisoning cases. Yeah, seriously, that's what yeah. it's like. I'm, no, I mean it, it's, it's, it's well, it's but the, the stupidest. But and, but think about that. You know, you bring up uh, Black Lives Matter and and defunding the police. It got so big that you actually had major cities like New York City. Divert funds. They actually got that done. Think about that, because if you're old enough to remember the words tough on crime as campaign promises, it came from both sides. Democrats and Republicans used that. And then all of a sudden, it was take money away from the police to the point that they actually did it in some cases. And here we are. That's how delusional people are. Right as it was happening, 
you did the actual polls. Do you want people, do you want <laughs> the cops in your neighborhood the to be defunded? No. But other cops, yes. So the Democrats knew they could get away with it. De Blasio knew he could do it. And these are the people that you look at and, and you say, well, they're all crazy. We know that. But how do they get away with it? They get away with it because enough people are, yay, tough on crime. No tough on crime. Remember? I mean, we went from, I don't know, uh, a, a Bill Clinton and the 94 tax bill. Yeah. Or not tax bill, crime bill. And, and then all the way to, you know, de Blasio defunding the police. I just read the story from Seattle's violent crime rate hits a 15-year high following to fund police movement. It's like, well, duh. Of course. You know, it and, was, and, and it then, was always going to be the case. If you, if you take cops off the street, if you tie their hands or you just, no, you limit the number of hands that are out there, uh, when it comes to enforcement, you're going to have higher crime. It's how it works. And it works because people cheer for things that don't make sense and things they don't actually want. The polls were showing it. Well, do you want them to defund the police in your town? No. no. So what they did is they, and, and what's odd is remember when de Blasio ran, he actually got in the presidential race and all the Democrats said, no, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sit back down. Sit back down. The thing was that because they use that, and that's the delusional thought of the party that it's not going to affect me. I don't want you to defund in my town, but in New York City, those guys need to be, you know, or wherever it is, as long as it's not here. It's not, and it's the same thing that was behind them getting away with Obamacare. Obama was lying to Democrats, rank-and-file Democrats, because they knew not one member of the GOP was going to vote for it. And so they were lying to the rank-and-file Democrats to keep that support going to the point that they would get the bill passed and he could sign it into law. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like your plan, you can keep your plan. There was no way, if you were thinking at all, if you were thinking that through, there was no way he could keep those promises. Those were lies from the beginning, and he kept repeating them even after he knew it wasn't true, which was pretty early on. But people allowed it to happen. They cheered for it. And then... Well, we didn't know we were going to have to pay for it. The couple in California. We supported Obamacare. Why are we having to pay for it? Because you live in a delusional world. You want to buy into it. That it's not going to affect you. And that's where we are today. Because we, we, we think about, you know, this... Where people, it showed in the polls, people were putting together the spending and inflation. And then it got to the point, it came back full cir circle again, where people said, yeah, but uh, we want you to keep spending as long, we, but we don't want it to affect 
or the economy in any way. Keep giving me money. Pay my college loan. But no, 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 not more inflation. I mean, it is well. it is the insistence of living in a delusional state over and over and over again. We're touching a hot stove. We're getting burned, and we keep touching a hot stove. 86690-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690. I'll tell you this, what I first noticed, because when I listened, I went, oh, he started out with the lie, which was the fact that the they created 12 million jobs, Yeah, which, right. of course, they weren't created. Mm-hmm. We all know what happened. And, and that's the one thing about it is, you think about that, that's been one of the most well-known mainstream media fact checks where they have said, no, that's false. Yeah. He didn't create 12 million jobs. They weren't created they were brought back after the government, basically the government shutdown of the economy. Mm-hmm. Those were jobs that were existed that were just coming back again. And Biden is trying to promote the fact, no, that was job creation that happened. That's what he's, that was the first stat he started out with. Mm-hmm. And yeah. at that point I went, wow, if he's willing to, if he's willing to go at the State of the Union address with the biggest lie that even the mainstream media has acknowledged is a, huge whopper well then this is going to be really really interesting to see what happens yeah um does anybody bother fact checking the state of the union for joe biden anymore i know glenn kessler at washington post gave up and just said okay fine endless pinocchios (laughs) but is anybody doing the fact checking i do have this you know the new york post said uh Hmm. Uh, wrote here, he said, uh, uh, he has blatantly insincere calls for bipartisanship, cynical and false attacks on his opponents. The chamber was in an uproar of his fake claim that the Republicans want to sunset Social Security and Medicare. Bogus stats. Mm. Billionaires actually pay 24% income tax, not 8%, yeah. as he, as he, uh, said there. And they go through, you know, uh, some of the other ones too. So, yeah, but I don't think it matters anymore. I, I don't think with this president, I mean, it's it's not really going to be a topic. I said, we get later on today, you're back to Balloon Gate. You're back to now uh, uh, Comer's committee now is yeah. looking into yeah. Hunter Biden. It's all gone. The only... And I, the, um, the American people are back to inflation. <laughs> yeah. So you Sunday know? morning news shows might talk about it. Yeah. Or tomorrow's morning news shows may. And Sunday morning may because that might be the only positive news of the week for the Democrats. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 86690 Red Eye. I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Carley. Good morning. Thanks for being here. Download our app today and listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. 
I love this story. Yeah. Yesterday we had talked about the uh, the uh, review of the studies on on masks during COVID, mm-hmm. and they were a lot less effective. A lot, a lot, a lot less effective than the CDC was telling us. Um, as we said, as uh, we continue to go past COVID, we will, you know, we get a clearer picture of what was right and what was wrong. Lockdowns were wrong. The mask mandates were insane on uh, what we did to kids in schools were yeah. nuts. Mm-hmm. But I just saw this story, another mask story. In a post-COVID-19 world, people who perceive themselves as less attractive than others are more likely to keep wearing masks when they're highly motivated to make a good impression. That's according to a recent study published in the Frontiers of Psychology. Hmm. Our results consistently demonstrated that self-perceived unattractive individuals were more willing to wear a mask as they believed it would benefit their attractiveness. So people who think they're ugly put a mask on thinking it will help. Yes. They're right. (laughs) (laughs) What am I missing? (laughs) All right, next topic. (laughs) Yeah. If you think you're ugly... Then it's logical that you also believe putting a mask on will help. You know, it's, it's it re- will. What's, what's interesting is um, the uglier you are, the greater the benefit from the mask. By the way, but it, it's I just I just when I saw this, I found it interesting because and I got into a discussion with a couple of uh, friends today on a, on a you know in a text chat. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've ever thought that. That t- ugly people benefit from a mask? No, no. I think about no, it. No, I, I, no. If uh, oh. you know, I, uh, you know, there, there is a problem in this country. You know, ugly people tend to uh, hang out together and uh, mm. procreate, therefore creating <laughs> ugly offspring. No, I. No, the whole thing of ugliness is, you know, what, what is it? I mean, who, yeah. who makes the judgment? It's, it's, it's sort of like regulating disinformation. Who regulates <laughs> ugly? You know what's. I what's, don't know, but somebody should. What's, what's, I was be, waiting for that in the in the president's speech because last night. Because look, look, uh, <laughs> uh, ugly, ugly uh, again isn't isn't the uh, what even perceived ugliness is not the only factor out there. Ask Mick Jagger, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the one person. <laughs> there's the there's the other exit. than that. <laughs> well, you do have Iggy Pop. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, uh, no, it really only applies to Mick Jagger. Uh, but I, because I, I, I've never actually. I mean, I guess I've looked in the mirror and and at this age, if you if you if you come out of the shower and look in the mirror, it's like, uh, okay, I, I I don't look like a you know elderly diseased animal at the side of the road. <laughs> I I wouldn't know. You're, I've been getting dressed in the dark for t- almost twenty seven years. Or, so or the, I I have no idea. Or, or the thing is, you're not even looking at your face. Yeah, it's like okay, no. am I gaining too much weight here? Okay, I can't look at myself. I don't. 
No, I'm nope. I'm creeping myself out by looking at myself. But I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever spent any time thinking whether I'm attractive or not. I I I I close my eyes in the shower, and it's not because I'm afraid of getting soap in them. <laughs> well, I mean, I you know, I, I, we you and I've talked about this before, and I've said this. When, I remember when I lived on the Florida coast, as I did mm. for almost three years. You know, I, I mean, I lived on the beach, and that's mm. where I learned that. You know, and this was in the eighties, and everybody was talking. Well, women need to go topless too, and I went, absolutely not. Women should not go topless. In fact, the law should be men should be required to wear tops because I've lived on the beach, and ninety nine percent of human beings. I know that Seinfeld said roughly twelve percent of people are attractive. No, they're not. Maybe 1%. Mm-hmm. The rest of us are mutants. And you notice I go, no, but my point is I just never, you know what it is? You're looking, okay, my, my, my hair is, you know, maybe I'm gaining a little bit of weight, but I've never thought, am I attractive or not? Because there's nothing I can do about it. And I guess I just learned early on in life, I am what I, I am's what I am's. Mm-hmm. You know, the Popeye philosophy. Mm-hmm. And if you look at him, he was pretty ugly, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the only woman that was interested in him was pretty ugly. Mm-hmm. Olive oil was olive oil was no dreamboat. Mm-hmm. And Alice the Goon, whew, whew, brutal. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, you know, it's just, uh, I just found that interesting. But our results consistently demonstrated that the self-perceived Unattractive individuals were more willing to wear a mask as they believed it would benefit their attractiveness. Mm. The study's authors added our findings suggest mask wearing can shift from being a self-protection measure during the COVID-19 pandemic to a self-preservation tactic in the post-pandemic era. Look, I'll I'll tell you where it may it may come into being, though. There are many there are many people that if you have bad teeth, you know it. Mm -hmm. And people are if you have bad teeth, you're embarrassed by it. I know somebody who actually got, you know, had had bad teeth and and uh you know and got uh you know the uh implants right got and we had a long discussion on it and he was saying that cuz he was asking me if it was a good investment you know he had pain and everything else and his and he you know he told me I said look I was I'm always been he said I can smile now yeah and he asked me because sure. you know he was he was asking me what I thought and mm-hmm. would it whether whether it would be you know effective and I said look if you know you use your he's not a this person's not a talk show host but I said, you're in business and you constantly are talking and you're out places. You need to be comfortable and there is nothing like having – there's nothing like having a great mouth and good teeth. Yeah, sure. They're absolutely they're, – that's not even a luxury. Uh, it's it's really a necessity for so many you know people in business and his confidence is up because of it. So I can see – I can see that. You know, you have – bad teeth or maybe if you're scarred or something like that you you know and and you know you could you can view yourself and look okay i look different from that i'm just talking about the average person whose teeth are okay and you know it's mm-hmm. that they're just we're constantly worried about their their looks mm-hmm. so i don't know i just thought about that then i mean i i had a uh, a friend uh who has uh, and he passed away years ago but he when he was young, he was a male model. Um, so, you know, his hair was always perfect. I'm convinced, and other colleagues of his along the way were convinced 
it just happened naturally that he didn't have to do anything. He just woke up that way, <laughs> you know, uh, but, uh, I don't know that I ever saw him like, you know, obsess over it. Um, and <laughs> probably because it came naturally. Uh, but, but this, this, you know, <laughs> he knew he was beautiful. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but you know, that the whole idea, look, there. are <laughs> You know, I know a lot of people that have issues with self-confidence. Mm-hmm. Most of them are losers. And and this is, the, <laughs> this is the problem is, is that Stop when, being when, mean. You, when you're right, you're right. And that's where they should feel good about themselves. They are correct in how they feel. Look, it, it, we go, we all go through life as, a, as a, you know, thinking that we're our, because we are our own worst critics mm-hmm. you know and and a lot of us go through that you know it's like uh, uh and it's just you know it's i don't know i i, well, I a mask if you i think if you're confident in who you are well i can compare my okay my friend who was obviously pretty competent he, he or confident he he uh, had a modeling career, and but I had other friends, male and female, who were very confident, and that was attractive. And and quite frankly, none of them were going to have modeling careers. They were more in my category, and so that confidence, right, just uh, being who you are, you know, uh, it's you're just going to be who you are. That in my opinion, is attractive because that confidence is, you know, all about communicating and, and all about, you know, getting things done and, you know, whatever it might be. I mean, how many, you think about uh, people like uh, Paul Giamatti, right? Yeah. He's not Brad Pitt. Yeah. But man, I'll sit and watch Paul Giamatti probably long before I would watch Brad Pitt just for the sake of watching either one of them. You know what I mean? If, if if it was like okay, if you if you say a Paul Giamatti movie's on and a Brad Pitt movie is on, ladies, you'll have to excuse me for a second. I'm going to say no, Paul Giamatti. It's it's like okay, because if he's going to be in something, I'm probably going to like it. Well, I'll, I'll add a couple more. Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Buscemi. Yeah. Bill Murray. Yeah. Yeah. You think about mm-hmm. it. Bill Murray was has been a leading man. Yeah. He doesn't have that what you would view as the typical Hollywood looks at all, right? But you 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 sit there and you go, wow! Not the first choice for Groundhog Day, by the way. No, no. Tom Hanks was one of the first choices. Uh, they wanted somebody who wasn't a comedian, and Tom Hanks was one of them. One of the choices that they considered, but ultimately they they went with. Bill Murray, apparently, the because we're coming up on the, what, the 30th anniversary of it? And apparently it was kind of a, mm, a little bit of a tense situation on the set because it, it had come out that they really wanted well, a serious actor for that you role. You know, who was it? Uh, who's the guy who produced that movie? I can't think of it. Oh, um, uh, what's his name? From, um, oh, he was... He, from the, uh, from Ghostbusters and all yeah. that. He did the same thing. Yeah. 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 You, you know, they didn't talk until right before he died mm, right 
I've said that they didn't talk. That's how that Bill Murray didn't like the direction of where Groundhog Day was going. Right. And well, and I love that. You know, so I love that movie because right after it came out, I moved to Illinois and I went through Woodstock, Illinois, a couple of times just to see the area where Groundhog Day was was filmed. And, you know, that's, you know, it, it's so, I mean, there are, it, it's, I I get it. People are, you know, if you're less confident in yourself, especially about your looks, you're going to think that a mask works. But trust me, it doesn't. <laughs> Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis, yes. Yeah, they didn't talk for and years. And that was, and that was, you know, part of the uh, tension, you know, on the set. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, here it is. Um uh yeah uh the and one of the producers uh trevor albert uh revealed recently that it was tense um because uh that you know in part bill murray was not the original but what wasn't the prime choice tom hanks and michael keaton was another one that they considered for it i think bill murray did a great job oh. But I've never worked I, with Bill Murray, so yeah. I can't tell you what it was like to. to well, work you know, in um, oh the camp movie, his first movie. Oh, um, uh, uh, um, uh, I, just I almost wanted to say Groundhog Day. No, the, uh, uh, the 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 camp movie. I just can't think of the name of it. Yeah, uh, you know, he showed up. They didn't know if he was going to show up, right? Mm-hmm. And right before, like a couple hours before they start filming, he shows up. Mm-hmm. It's like wow. Right. That's a great movie, though. That's yeah. A good movie. Uh, it's interesting, though, because that's one of the things, the whole thing of Madonna at the Grammys and people looking at her and judging her looks. And it's not they're judging her looks. It's they, they're judging what they believe is bizarre surgery. That's the thing. It's that she they, doesn't look like that naturally. That's right. why they're judging. Exactly. I mean, because I was reading, you know, some of the because th- I saw it on there and I just wrote Grandma Gaga because mm-hmm. that's what we call Madonna. Mm-hmm. And it was like you see the face, you're like, whoa, that's not natural. You know, no, that's plastic no. surgery. And you look at it, and you go, here are people that, you know, she was viewed as a sex symbol. At, you know, she's been viewed as a sex symbol her entire life. Mm-hmm. And to do something like that shows, a, you know, if you got that kind of surgery shows a to me at least a huge lack of self confidence and and you know, manipulation in, 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 of her facial features in that yeah. way it's not like and i know you know a lot of them have the, the surgeries um but it's it is a true distortion of her natural, it is right you know yeah as uh, to what you facial uh, features and uh, i think that's the thing that looks again it looks bizarre to people because she doesn't look like madonna but it shows she's put plenty of thought in to do something like that. You got to put plenty of thought oh, into yeah. the fact that I don't like my image. And then you go out th- and that, and you basically are showing off this image, which is to say you're proud of this image, which is a distortion of your former self. So. It's not what people recognize right. uh, from your iconic years. I just find it interesting because, again, I just never, I didn't put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. You know, I guess I can yeah. wake up if I'm tired and look at myself and go, man, you look terrible and laugh mm-hmm. and then move on. But there's never been any type of serious thought. Oh, there's days when I looked in the mirror and, and, and I have had no sleep or, you know, I'm, I'm just not well rested. And I look at and I look at you know, same with me. And I burst out laughing. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. look, look at you. Yeah. But it's not it's never any type of seriousness. I hated wearing the masks. 
hated it. I hated yeah, I every I moment. I don't like it at Never all. Never got used to it at all. I hated it. I like being able to smile at people. Yeah, same with me. That's I miss that the most. You know, I like being able, even yep. if I can't say anything, if you communicate with a yep. smile, you can be friendly, you know, and and you're, you know, that's how we go about our, our day. But then everybody's just now looking at the ground wearing a mask and you can't tell who's smiling and who's not. That that I didn't like. 86690 Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up more on the analysis of the State of the Union Address. It's funny because as soon as we go into a break, I'm just scanning every place to see the latest editorial to see how the spin is. Yeah. And there isn't a lot about it. I mean, I'm I'm amazed that it's, you know, you don't have, uh, you know, I, I did see the, you know, the thing Chris Wallace says, you know, great, uh, great speech, great leadership. Well, Chris Wallace is devoid of any substance when it comes to analyzing everything. I know Democrats probably like the way it sounded and were happy that he only fumbled as much as he fumbled. You know, and then no, I mean and, he 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 was able to uh, you know get out of it without. I, I it was about the expected level or or no 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 acceptable level <laughs> of mumbling, bumbling, yeah, exactly. and fumbling, right? From Biden. It was like, oh, okay, you did good, right? Okay, all right. Made it all the way through the fourth quarter. And and he walked out on his own accord. <laughs> he, And by that, I mean, no one had to grab him by the hand and point to the, you know, which direction the door was in. I did expect him to turn around and kind of look lost. Look look back at the vice president. Oh, well, why are you here? Um, but he would, you know, he got through it. It took him an hour and 12 minutes. We seriously need a constitutional amendment on that. I, I, will, I will tell you this. It was, you know, so I I turned it on, as I said, when I was, you know, I woke up at 10 o'clock and yeah. checked Twitter. And I was like, oh, wow, because it was just back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. And and so by the time I was going to work, I had it in, in my car and it was on. And I'm about four minutes into it. And this was after he claimed the $12 million or $12 million jobs that they created and after that point i went it's just going to be a list yeah right. i'm gone yep or i would have been gone if i didn't have to listen for work right <laughs> right
The IRS, the world's most aggressive collection agency. They can seize your property, bank account, and garnish your wages. They cause sleepless nights for millions of Americans. Don't be one of them. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, get protected today. Call 800-312-9970. Join the conversation. One eight six six ninety Red Eye Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Okay, the fact checking is coming in now. As I right. as, as I scan, all right. As uh, overnight, uh, people are writing articles. Fact checking. Now we did, you know, some fact checking to start the show off with. So some of these may be a repeat. Like uh, the first one definitely is mm. the first thing that they fact checked here at thefederalist.com. Uh, Tristan Justice was number one fact check. Chuck Schumer is minority leader. <laughs> yeah, right. That was like right out of the gate. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, more jobs created in two years than any other president. Mm. The president said, I actually created with the help of many people in this room, 12 million new jobs. More jobs created in two years than any president has created in four years uh-huh. because of you. Well, and we did this fact check, but we'll just continue with it. People might not have heard ours, but uh, Biden did not create new jobs, as he often likes to claim. The only reason the job rate is growing is that millions of people were returning to work after bureaucrats shut down the economy for months in the name of stopping the spread of COVID-19. Those jobs already existed. They weren't creation of new jobs because of the creation of wealth, right? as we've always said. Fastest growth in 40 years. Biden also repeated uh, his infamous uh, lie that he initiated the fastest job growth in 40 years. However, records show that employ- if, if you're going to use a Democratic standard, <laughs> if you're going to use the standard that that job growth is, you know, post-COVID. Yeah. I love this one. Mm. Records show, however, that employment from May of 2020 to January of 2021 under Trump Grew by twelve point five million. <laughs> yeah. Uh, during approximately that same time period, the unemployment rate also declined by eight point three percent. Because remember, it went through the roof, right? And and then they write here because in January alone, you know how we had the eight hundred and what well, not the eight hundred but the five hundred and seventy mm. something increase of jobs. Remember, that's all weighted. As we brought you because the Christmas season was over. Actually, if you don't seasonally adjust it, the actual job loss for January, as they write here in the Federalist.com, in January alone, American payroll jobs under Biden fell by more than 2.5 million. Mm -hmm. That's directly from the Bureau of Labor uh, uh, Statistics. Right. Yes. Uh, I, you know, picked up on this right away because he continues to say this. Another lie Biden repeated from previous speeches is that U.S. inflation is coming down. It is not coming down. The rate of increase is coming down. Yeah. And that's like saying, that's like, you know, you get your electric bill every month Mm -hmm. and you use the exact same amount of electricity and you pay $100 a month. Mm -hmm. And so for an entire year, your electric bill goes up uh, $10 a month. 
or for an entire 10 months, it goes up. There you go, $10. So at the end of it, your electric bill is $200 a month. Then your electric bill is only going up $6 a month. Is the inflation of the cost of electricity coming down? No, it's still going up. The rate of increase is going down. And that's very that's very important. Yes. Uh, he threw this one out, but he sort of mumbled through this one where he said, uh, democracy faced the greatest threat since the Civil War on January 6th. Mm. And then he just mumbled through that and then continued mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Biden apparently forgot about the attacks on Pearl Harbor on 9-11. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, of, of course, uh, you know, Pearl Harbor, of course, uh, well, excuse me, on, he forgot about the attacks on Pearl Harbor and, and 9-11. On, yes. And on 9-11, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. And, but the fact of the matter is, is, is that, uh, hmm. what is a fact-checking worth? In terms of the state of the union from this president, because we're two years in. Oh, I and and the fact checking, as we mentioned, Washington Post is well, bottomless Pinocchios, right? And so you go through everything, and I guess my question is: even those who know he's lying, is it just? Oh yeah, he's he's lying because we know he's lying because he's talking. Yeah, but there's a very important reason that we go through mm-hmm. all this fact checking. Yes, for for people who do what we do, yes, and the American people, it should always be important. Oh well, no, I need to fill time. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I was hoping you'd bring up golf. Oh, okay. I no. need to fill. If if I'm not talking about this, I have to talk about my golf game. Yeah, how's that going, by the way? So- um, it, you know, I was sick, so I really wow. haven't hit a golf ball in a week, and I haven't had a lesson. I'm supposed to have a lesson last week. I, let's move on. Number yeah. six. All right. Where he said, "I'm responsible for the largest deficit cut in U.S. history." Mm-hmm. Biden wants to take credit for cutting the national deficit by more than 1.7 trillion, the uh, largest reduction uh, deficit reduction in American history in his first two years in office. Under the previous administration, this is what he said. Under the previous administration, American deficits went up four years in a row because of those record deficits. No president added more to the national debt in any four years than my predecessor. And we know why it went up as high as it did during the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. Not that we were happy with the spending of Republicans uh, and what they agreed to with the Democrats with, but we know the massive amounts were because COVID hit. Right. We all know that. Yeah. But in truth, federal spending under Biden increased more than $10 trillion since his first month in office. That's more than any president uh, ever in his first two years in U.S. history. Mm. So, again, you're just taking time frames and trying to move it around or whatever. And sure. That he's a great – and the other thing that I saw on, on that was if you look at the projections of the CBO, even, even during COVID, after the spending was done, what they saw the projected deficit would be – yeah, it's higher under Biden. Yeah, so Biden is spending more than the CBO thought that we would spend. Also, right. yeah. So again, it's just the way to you know you frame it, you frame it, you take it. You know, uh, statistics lie, and liars use statistics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Republicans are trying to sunset Social Security. Biden pledged to uh, uh, halt 
the desperately needed cuts uh, as Congress uh, debates raising the debt ceiling. If anybody tries to cut Social Security, I'll stop them. And anyone tries to cut Medicare, I will stop them. Democrats' reconciliation bill passed last summer, however, rated nearly $300 billion from Medicare to boost insurance companies by removing leverage from negotiations on drug prices. Mm. Remember what they did with Obamacare, right? Remember how they rated Medicare then, too, for Obamacare? Mm. Yeah. Number eight, fires have burned an area the size of Missouri. Biden has tried to claim that more wood has been burned by forest fires in the area of the entire state of Missouri. And, you know, of course, because of climate change, that fires didn't happen before. Yeah, right. And the uh, fact check on uh, that, in 2022, however, 7.5 million acres burned. According to the National Interagency Fire Center, Missouri's forest span 14 million acres, and the state itself is 44.6 million acres large. The remark appears to have been made off script from what the White House released as the president's prepared speech. Hmm. Nine, this one, this one was a, I laughed at this one because we're in a business where you actually do sign non-competes. Yeah, right. Biden repeats claim that fast food workers sign non-compete agreements. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy could be seen laughing in the background when Biden complained fast food workers were signing non-compete agreements with employers. A cashier at a burger place can't walk across town and take the uh, same job at another burger place and make a few bucks more, Biden said. Biden made the same claim at a business roundtable in July 2020. Then uh, a then a candidate uh, getting a false rating from the liberal PolitiFact. Hmm. And at that point, he said, PolitiFact fact checked him. It said McDonald's makes you, uh, quote, McDonald's makes you all sign non-compete contracts that you cannot go across town uh, to get a job at Burger King. False from PolitiFact. Um, uh, uh, McDonald's line employees do not sign non-compete agreements. Until three years ago, McDonald's barred its franchise owners from hiring away staff from other local McDonald's. That was the and and what that was is basically, uh, especially with management, you couldn't work for another franchisee because the benefit would be like you're a trained manager, right, or assistant manager um, uh, or worker at a McDonald's, so you know what the line is, you know what the menu is, and you know how to run a store, you know how to work in a store. What you couldn't do up until a few years ago, you couldn't go work for another franchisee at another store. And it likely had to do with the fact that because you were probably, you know, again, uh, required to be available on the schedule, which has, by the way, been the case since the beginning of time. Right. There's a reason, you know, back in the day, in our day, it would be, oh, you know, so-and-so is moonlighting. In other words, they're working in evening shift uh, and and having to get a second job. And that was frowned upon because your 8 to 5 employer wanted you there and wanted you available and wanted you well rested uh, for your job. And a lot of employers would, would frown upon that. But in the fast food industry, that there was a war between the franchisees at McDonald's 
but it wasn't about going across town to a Burger King or anywhere else. By the way, that's gone. That All of that is gone. They're all struggling to find enough people right now. They would, you know, right. beg, borrow, and steal individuals to get them to work if they could do it. Uh, as they write here, PolitiFact, presumptive Democratic nominee Joe Biden showed sympathy for McDonald's workers, but his tough words about the fast food giant got nearly every detail wrong. And that was a few years ago, and he continues with that lie. I just thought that was bizarre. I went, how do you put that in there? I wonder if that was off script. Hmm. I don't know. Blind ba- uh, Biden blames, I'm sounding like Biden now, Biden blames crime wave on COVID after Democrats defunded police. Biden blamed the coronavirus lockdowns for the nation's recent crime wave. COVID left scars like a spike in violent crime in 2020, the first year of the pandemic. Uh, We all know that isn't true. In fact, according to a political poll last year, three in four Americans, 75 percent, blame the crime spree on efforts to defund the police. Okay, Gary, enunciate. You're not Biden. Mm. Uh, And it goes on, uh, uh, you know, uh, mass shootings went down after assault weapons ban. That's false. Life-saving pro-life laws are extreme. And finally, the last one. I'm here to be president for all Americans. <laughs> oh, really? The, the, the last fact check as a lie. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, it was in Whoa. it was in the speech as written by uh, Vinay Reddy, the White House speech. Writer. Wow. It, the part about the burgers was part of the speech. The. Xi Jinping comment that we played earlier that we've yeah. got to play it again. That was bizarre. Yeah. I could not find in the speech anywhere. He did mention the president of China, but did not that that part of it was not in the prepared speech. Because that just it, that was weird. You you heard, you just went, what in yeah. the world what in the world is this? Mm-hmm. As I'm stalling, 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 stalling here to find it, so I can, uh, so I can play it. You ready? Yeah. All, All right. right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Here we go. Right. Here, here, here we go. Let me find it. Here yeah. It okay. Name me a world leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. Name me one. Who? Who? What? Who changed who, places? Who changed places? And he's screaming. Oh, it. wait a minute! Did he just confess to something? Is that what the Chinese paid him for, or his son? They're going to trade places. <laughs> wow, that would have been great. Name me a world leader who changed places. Who would you? Hunter Wood. <laughs> I. Well, now it makes sense. <laughs> That's bizarre. That was just. Do we have a presidential foreign exchange program? But you watch, you, you're sitting listening. Oh, what the hell was that? Where did that come from? Maybe that's what's going on. You see, but it was the scream, the anger in it. Yeah, it was Eight, weird. Eight six six ninety red eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Uh, All right. See if there's any developments in the balloon talk. Ah. Coming up. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey, that's part one of our show. Don't miss the rest. Click part two on our website, redeyeradioshow.com, or Red Eye Radio phone app to hear the rest of the show. And thanks for listening to Red Eye Radio. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.